Well, praise the Lord. Welcome to the Life of Excellence here live at newlife313.life. We're going to have a few moments of the anointing of the Spirit of God moving and blessing, and we want you to be blessed by what God is going to do, by the power of the Holy Spirit. We have the Word of God here, hallelujah, that is going to bless you. It's going to encourage you and, and uplift you. And I know you're going to be blessed by it. And I know that God will give you a word of victory and hope and strength. And I know that God's power and might is going to flow this day over your life. Let's have a word of prayer before we get into our study. Dear Heavenly Father, we ask that God, you, you bless each and every individual that is listening today. Prosper them. God, uplift them and encourage them through this word. And God, let them know that God, no matter what the odds are, that God, you are a God of recovery, restoration, renewal, oh, hallelujah, and great victory in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. I want you to get your words together right now. Get your Bibles together. Now, if you're not able to view this live right now with us, you'll be able to view it on our website or on our podcasting, be able to listen to the audio. But today I want to talk to you about outnumbered. I want, want to share with you a very, very important passage of Scripture to myself and New Life 313 Ministries. It's a great, great concept of how God, or, or picture rather, of how God can turn things around in a moment. It all begins with a king by the name of Jehoshaphat. And 2 Chronicles 20, and the very first verse begins to tell us that after it came to pass after a few days, the children of Moab and the children of Ammon, and with them, it says, others besides the Ammonites came against Jehoshaphat to battle. It came against Jehoshaphat to battle. Then the very next verse says it was shared to him that there was someone coming from beyond the sea to come and attack him. The third verse says this, and Jehoshaphat feared, but, and he set himself to seek God and proclaim a fast throughout all Judea, or Judah, excuse me. See, beloved of God, Jehoshaphat was outnumbered. The first thing he did was fear. Woo, my Lord. How many times have you and I been faced with some obstacles and the first thing we did was get afraid? Afraid, how is this going to stop? How, how is this going to turn around? And not only was he afraid for himself, he was afraid for his kingdom. Not only was he afraid for himself, he was afraid for the people, for his family. He knew what kings of other tribes and other nations would do to a king if they won. They put them in servitude or they might let them continue as a king, but they would be under their authority. But more than likely, they would kill and humiliate that king in front of the whole people. Jehoshaphat feared. See, this was one of the most, how can I say, a, a major test of his leadership that Jehoshaphat ever seen. He was afraid. 
See, when you feel outnumbered, you feel like everything's pressing in on you. You feel like the, the, the odds are against you. You feel like nothing's happening for your victory and your blessing and your strength. Well, beloved of God, you can have fear. But Paul told Timothy, he said in, in 2 Timothy 1.7, he said, Timothy, God has not given you the spirit of fear, oh, hallelujah, but power, love, and a sound mind. See, beloved of God, the spirit of fear will cause you to pull back and wonder, oh my God, what am I going to do? The spirit of fear will cause you to listen to the bill collectors more than to the word of God. The spirit of fear will cause you to listen to the doctor more than to the word of God. The spirit of fear will tell you you'll never make it. Your children will never make it. Your finances will never increase. You'll, you'll struggle. But glory to the Lamb of God, I'm here today to tell you, God's not giving you that spirit. That's from the devil. That's from the enemy. See, the enemy wants you to be afraid. So you'll run and hide or you'll make the wrong decision. But Jehoshaphat in verse 3 of 2 Chronicles 20, verse 3, it said these words. It said that he set himself first to seek the Lord and proclaim a fast throughout all Judah. And Judah gathered themselves together to ask help of the Lord, even out of all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. See, so many times when we're going good, we, we don't have time to seek God. But let all hell break loose, and all of a sudden, we're all Jesus people. Hey, Lord, help me, help me, Lord, help me. Why? Because there's something about being in a place of uncomfortableness, of being in a place you're feeling crushed and pushed to where you'll cry out to God. And then you know what happens? One of two things happen. You'll either begin to fast and really seek God, or when God doesn't answer, Johnny on the spot, 24 minutes later after you pray, you say, oh, a perfect God, I knew you'd let me down. God never lets you down. God is always there, hallelujah, to bring you through. The battle got real bad. In fact, as you begin to read 2 Chronicles 20, the people were fasting, they were praying, they were seeking God. Even Jehoshaphat stood in the congregation of Judah and Jerusalem and in front of the house of the Lord before the new court, and, and he began to pray. He began to pray. But something unique began to take place. People were still afraid. But the word of God began to speak out. And a prophecy was given. And the word of God tells us that there was a man that stood up by the name of Jehaziel. And Jehaziel, in verse 14, the son, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jael, the son of Mataniah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph, came the spirit of the Lord upon him in the midst of the congregation, in the middle of the prayer, in the middle of the trial, in the middle of the battle, in the middle of the situation, the Spirit of the Lord came upon this man. Woo! Hey, don't we need the Spirit of God? We're surrounded by moral decay. We're surrounded by troubles on every hand. Our government's out of control. People are saying that homosexuality is all right when it used to be considered a mental disease. People are saying that children can learn about sex as young as kindergarten when it's up to the parents. People can say it's guns who kill people, people who kill people, violence is worse, this is worse. We need abortion, we don't need abortion, and we get angry, get mad. And it can feel like you're all crushed in. But Paul said, I'm pressed on every side, but not crushed. But even in the midst of that, the Spirit of God can speak to you. 
Oh, hallelujah. Even in the midst of all this political and moral uh, destruction and decay and confusion and, and trials and children killing children and people killing people and violence raging and, and, and poverty over here and homelessness and prosperity over here and prosperity leaving there. Beloved God, even in those times, the Spirit of God can speak for. Woo, man, I didn't know I was going to get this strong about this, but I feel the Spirit of God. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon this man, and he said this word to him. He said, Hearken all Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Verse 15 of 2 Chronicles 20. And thou, King Jehoshaphat, notice that the man of God made sure he talked to everybody, but he also called out the king's name. See, church, whether you're a king, whether you're a prince or a pauper, God knows your name. And he wants you to know that he's speaking on your behalf tonight. I know you may feel outnumbered. I know you may feel pressured right now. In this economy that we're living, one of the greatest economies the United States has ever seen and one of the greatest unemployment rates we've ever seen, one of the greatest financial economies America has experienced in years, it can still feel like the enemy's winning. But I've got news for you, beloved. You're coming out. God knows your name. He's going to speak victory and life to you. Glory to God. He's going to speak it out. Look what it says. He said, even unto you, King Jehoshaphat, thus saith the Lord, do not be afraid. Woo! Do not be dismayed, despondent, discouraged, like, oh man, what are we going to do? Do not be afraid. And I love this by the reason of this great multitude. And here it is. I love these words. I love what this man said. For the battle is not yours. It's the Lord's. Woo! Does that make you want to just get excited and shout? Friend, I've got news for you. The battle's not yours. It's the Lord's. The trial's not yours. It's the Lord's. Right here on this Friday afternoon, as we are broadcasting live around the world, I'm speaking to people who have come across our website, who knew to tune in at this time, or maybe you're listening at this at a later time in our archives. I've got news for you. The battle is not yours. If you believe in Jesus Christ as your Savior, you know that God is the God of all creation and you believe the Holy Spirit is leading you and you believe that this word right here is the unadulterated, unchanging, still strong, powerful, anointed word of the creator of the universe, I've got news for you. This battle you're in is not yours. Hey, hey, I don't care how many enemies are surrounded against you. <laughs> See, people kept bringing, I licked my finger because I'm getting excited. People kept bringing Jehoshaphat bad news. Look, they said the Amorites or uh, the Ammonites and the Moabites and others are coming against you. Then, then they said, and there's a great multitude against you that are coming from beyond the sea. Woo, you talk about feeling overwhelmed when your bills are piling up and the bill collector's knocking on your door, your children are running crazy, your husband and your wife are acting stupid and your house is a mess and the church is not growing, the ministry's not growing, the business is slowing and the job's not giving you a promotion. You feel all enclosed, but the battle's not yours. Uh-uh. The battle belongs to God. See, we, we want to fight. Yeah. See, I was a boxer when I was young. Not very long, by the way. And they put me in a ring with a Golden Gloves contender. I didn't know it. I was just been there about a month and a half. And they wanted to see what I could endure. 
Well, I endured a lot those three rounds. And finally, all I did, I, I just did peekaboo. I kept my hands up and I just kept going. Out. And that boy, he was finding every little opening. And, and here I am, a brand new student. And they put me in there. And the reason being is because the coach wanted me to understand that just because they have more knowledge and more experience doesn't mean that you just have to sit there and not fight. <laughs> you need to fight back no matter what. Because every time I'd cover up here, he'd hit me here. Every time I'd cover here, he'd hit me here. And see, we've got to understand something. That's what the devil does. The devil hits over here, hits over here, hits up here, hits down here. See, he hits low. The devil is a low fighter. But a man of God spoke up through all the tears, all the fear, and said, do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed. The battle is not yours. It belongs. I love this. It says, but God's. The battle's, whoa, I'm getting so excited. I'm hitting my Bible. The battle's not yours. It belongs to God. What does that mean? These trials and tribulations you're in, you may wonder, God, I'm fighting this by myself. No, the word of God says, cast all your cares upon him for he cares for you. That's what it means. The battle's not yours. It's God's. Give it to God. See, you can only do so much. See, uh, people always say, well, you know, the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the just. You have to go get it. Well, what, do you, what happens when you're going to get it? You're praying, you're fasting, you're giving your tithes, you're giving your offerings, you're, you're doing everything you know to do and the, the wealth of the wicked's not coming. You know what? You've got to give that uncertainty, that insecurity, that uh, low of faith and unbelief to, oh, hallelujah, give it to the law. It's the Lord's battle after all. Because see, right now, you're not just fighting in the natural. There's a spiritual war above you trying to stop the answer from getting to you. The battle belongs to God. You can be afraid. Fear won't get you out. I like what Jesus said. He said, why worry about tomorrow? Tomorrow has got enough to take care of itself. He said, don't you know that if the Father so clothed the lilies of the field, how much more are you worth? The lilies, how much more are you to him than a sparrow? You are much more than ever before. The battle's not yours. I'm speaking to somebody today. You're in a battle. I see your business in trouble, your finances, your family. Your marriage is struggling right now. Your ministry's up against the wall. But the battle's not yours. It belongs to the Lord. It belongs to God. Now, does that mean that you don't participate in the fight? No, your prayers are participating. Your fasting is participating. Your study of the word is participating. Getting up every day and going to that job that seems to be going nowhere is participating. Looking at your family and saying, me and my family will serve the Lord, that's participating. Preacher, getting in the pulpit, preaching a message of faith and building someone up when you yourself feel like you cannot make it. That's not a lie from the pulpit. That's calling those things that be not as though they are. That means you're shaking yourself and saying, I'm going to tell you, God's going to bring you through. God's going to answer your prayer. The battle's not yours, it's God's. And you're a participant, but the ultimate outcome of victory belongs to God. The, the, the main fight of the battle belongs to God. You may be in the hand-to-hand -hand combat, but Paul said, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness and high places. Paul said, we are pulling down the strongholds. 
The battle's not yours. This financial battle, you've been faithful in your tithes and offering, it's not yours. Give it to God. Say, God, I, I can't, there ain't nothing I can do about it. But God, this last $10 ain't gonna pay anything. It's yours. Now, God, you've seen I've been faithful. It's yours. This sickness in your body, the battles is not yours. It's not the doctors trying to find the cure. The battle belongs to God. Give it to God and say, God, I'm gonna do what I can, but you need to fight that battle. You need to push back that enemy. And the word of God tells us a great victory came. I won't go into it on this program. I want to save that for another program. But the word of God says that this man said, the battle's not yours, but God's. Then he said, verse 16, tomorrow go down against them. Behold, they come up by the cliff of Zir. And it says, you shall find them at the end of the brook and before the wilderness of Jerusalem. And then he said, you shall not need to fight in this battle. Now, some battles God will let you fight. It's still his though. He'll still direct the outcome. But God spoke directly and said, this battle, you won't have to fight. You just remain, you know why we, go, we, we continue to be in a battle? It's because every day we get up and we start talking about our battle. Start talking about what's not happening. Start talking about where the blessings are not. Start talking about the lack of finances, the lack of joy, the lack of peace, the lack of healing. And guess what? That battle's raging. That is one of the things that means give it to God. You can't change it by complaining about it. Give it to God. You can't change it by crying about it. Give it to God. Does it feel good to cry? Yes. David said, I cried out to the Lord. I cried, Lord, how much longer will my enemy trans, uh, uh, transgress against me? See, beloved of God, walking by faith does not mean you won't be discouraged. Walking by faith does not mean you can say, oh, that, that there's nothing in my way. Uh-uh. Living and walking and ministering by faith means this. You're not denying there's a problem. You're looking at the problem and say, the battle's God's. I, I've done all I can do, God. Now I'm going to do what your word said. Having done all to stand, I'm going to stand therefore. Oh, the battle's not yours. Go ahead and line up for it. But you won't have to fight this battle. I'm speaking to somebody. You fought a battle a few years ago, almost exactly like the battle you're in today. But the difference is today, your faith is stronger. And today you won't have to fight this battle. Give it to God. Let's give it to God right now. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray for all the viewers that are tuning in from around the world. I pray for these that are listening to the podcast. I pray for these that God are listening, God, to these words of hope, faith, and assurance. And I'm telling them today, God, the last battle they were in, they won't have to fight this battle the same way. The, the, the last trial they're in, they won't have to go through it the same way. God, we are not denying that there's an enemy surrounding us. Lord, we are not denying that there is a battle raging. God, we're doing everything that we can. So God, now we're just going to lift our hands and say, God, I've given the battle plan to you. I have fought, but now God, you need God to lay out the course how to finish this battle. I'm not denying I've been discouraged. I'm not denying I've been crying. I'm not denying I've been battling. But now, God, I'm going to give it to you. Because even as Jehoshaphat was afraid, he still prayed. Even as Jehoshaphat was afraid, he still got people to pray with him. God, I give you my battle in Jesus' name. Woo! Beloved, I hope you enjoyed this. Uh, I did. I hope and pray that you'll be blessed by it encouraged by it, uplifted by it. And I want you to know, this is Pastor Evangelist Jay Hurt 
New Life 313 Ministries. We have, go to our, our, our website, visit often, connect with us through our e-letters, uh, go purchase our books, our CDs. I almost said tapes. We might still have some of those. I don't know. <laughs> our digital downloads on our website. And uh, you can look at these archives, visit our podcast. And not only that, but be a part of what God is going to do. Join yourself in a local church somewhere. If you're not a part of a church, find a church, get tied in. See, don't just let live streaming like this make you feel like you're getting the word. No, the Bible says forsake not the assembling of yourself together. Together, As I said to one minister, it's great watching a football game at home in your own seat, being able to do whatever you want to do with friends and family. And it's exciting, but once you get in a stadium with 60,000 people, you feel the vibration. Come on, come on, come on, feel the vibration. That's what you need. Get into a church, attend regularly. Tune in to the live streams of these ministries or your own church only when you have to. But make time to be in church because the battle is not yours. It belongs to the Lord. We love and appreciate you. And New Life Ministries is a ministry that is rebuilding lives, restoring hope, renewing vision. And no matter what you're fighting today, you have purpose. God bless.